Hey there, my name is Wesley Livingston, and this is From Couch to Couch, a podcast where we have real conversations with people surrounding the Word of God, our faith, but most importantly, how to live out the Word of God practically daily. This week, we sit down with Joanne and Manny Pada and talk about why discipleship is so important, the significance of biblical accountability in a discipleship relationship, and the power of vulnerability and authenticity in our walk with Christ and others. Love like Jesus. That's our ministry. We love like Jesus. And we part of loving, when you love someone, you trust them and you don't hide. This podcast is a ministry initiative of Verse by Verse Ministry International, a nonprofit, non-denominational online resource of free in-depth Bible teachings. To support this podcast and learn more, please visit versebyverseministry.org. Enjoy the show. <laughs> All right, welcome everybody. What's going on? My name is Wesley Livingston. I have the honor of serving as the principal teacher for Verse by Verse Ministry International. And I have with me my beautiful bride, my better half, the lovely Mercedes Livingston. <laughs> and we are joined by our amazing, amazing friends, really family, and that is Manny and Joanne Bada. Um, and so they're joining us tonight. So welcome them as well. Hello. Pass on to my wife, because we, we wanted to, before we even jump into any conversations or anything like that, we wanted to talk about what's the heart of the podcast. Why are we doing this? So baby, can you talk to the people about why we're doing what we do? Sure. All right, guys. So the inspiration behind it was really God-given. Um, Wesley and I have heard you guys' requests and your questions. And over time, um, we find it necessary to, of course, make sure that we dive into the Bible, but also to make sure that it's applicational. And we wanted to give you guys firsthand um, what it looks like to live out the Bible. Now, it's not going to be perfect, and we're not perfect by any means, which is why we have these people on here, because they would see this as a hot mess. But yes. we wanted to make sure that we invite you in and give you some form of encouragement. Um, we hope that in this time from one couch to another, that you feel led to say, okay, Lord, what is it and how would you like for me to take this word that you've given us and how would you like for me to live it out? Um, we have so much that is out there, but we don't see enough examples and we we're hoping that we would get to invite you into various aspects of our lives, but more importantly for you to see other people out here who are really living out the gospel. And one of those people that you, or peoples, that you have heard us talk about time and time again has been Joanne and Manny Potter. They've been a great inspiration for us. Um, and just truly, truly wonderful people. And so we hope that in this time that we're sharing from one couch to another, that we are able to invite you um, into our world, into these conversations that we're having. So we hope you have your stretchy pants, your coffee or your tea, and that you'll join us. Yeah. Here we go. We got the, we got the coffee. Cafecito <laughs> time. Right. So we want to do real quickly, if you guys can just introduce yourselves to to the audience just tell us a little bit about yourselves because we know a lot about y'all but uh our worldwide audience doesn't so tell them a little bit about who you are and and you know your relationship with the lord how you came to know him. absolutely so uh joanne and i we we actually met uh man 20 what was nine. it nine years ago 
I'm yeah. 30. <laughs> and she's still, she's still 19, right? 19. She's still 19, yeah. Yeah, uh, she, we, we met 29 years ago. At, um, I was actually working at a supermarket, right? Um, and uh, she was a customer there. And uh, the way we met, um, you know. Um, it was divine intervention. It, it was. <laughs> now that we can look back at it and know that that was just divine intervention. It was a mutual friend. God is talking and God took care of the rest. Yeah. You know, I, I remember when I first, when I first saw Joanne, you know, I, I saw her walking in uh, with her parents. Right. And, and, and she was, uh, they were shopping and, and Joanne was there helping her parents. And I know I told myself, man, I said, this, this, this girl, I mean, she, she's, she's family oriented. This girl, she's, she's here with her parents. She's loving on her parents so that was actually the first attraction uh, to her, you know, and then we, we, we uh, like, like she said, our, the mutual friend started, uh, introduced us and stuff. And, and uh, we, we began talking. The rest is history. That's right. <laughs> um, and uh, we got married five years after and had started having children about three years after. And mm -hmm. now we are kind of empty nesters, but kind of not. We're trying to make the nest not so comfortable. We have a 21-year-old that they're adults and they yeah. have their own lives. And sometimes it feels like they're the parents and we're checking in with them. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a beautiful life. God has blessed us. With yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then let's see. I was actually raised Catholic. And when I met Manuel... Um, we, it was, I knew he wasn't Catholic and, but like, I remember like as a Catholic, we had the one big fancy Bible on the shelf that nobody touched. Cause it was like the family Bible. And I remember being little and getting in trouble because I would pull that Bible off of the shelf and like start reading in mm -hmm. King James William, you know, King James version. And it was like, what am I reading? <laughs> but I, I wanted to know, it was like, I always had that hunger, you know, since I was little, and we started visiting churches because we knew that, you know, I wasn't satisfied with my spiritual life. He wasn't satisfied. And so we started visiting churches where we thought, you know, we would feel comfortable. And getting a Bible, like my own Bible, reading it. And it was just, it was that feeling of I've been cheated all my life because mm -hmm. I've been told what to read. I've been told what to pray, what prayers to recite, you know, very verbatim. This is what you pray. This is the candle you light. And so being able to, I was just hungry, hungry for the word, hungry for a relationship <coughs> that it, a relationship like no other. Yeah. You know, and, and so something that's interesting, um, I was raised Pentecostal uh, my entire life. Right. Um, my mom was actually the spiritual leader of the home. My dad, um, uh, he, he, he worked, he worked a lot. So my father uh, didn't really attend church. It was more, you're going to church. Well, why dad? Because you're going to church. So he would tell me to do something, but he himself, right, wasn't practicing that, right? Yeah. So uh, my mom, if you will, was that spiritual leader. My father, he loved, he, he loved God. He, my father loved, loved the fellowship of, 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 of the church. My father was a very giving man. He was a very, uh, you know, with the pastors and everything, but it was always y'all are going. Uh, he says, when I can go, I will go. So he was very separated, if you will. So uh, the spiritual walk, I actually learned from 
my mother. Um, you know, um, so I, 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 I tell you that to say that when we got married, I actually wasn't prepared to be that spiritual leader of the home because it was not modeled to me by a man. It was modeled to me by a woman. So, and, and my father actually, uh, when I was 20, so it was before I met Joanne, he passed away. Uh, and and, and uh, prior to him passing away, he did uh, commit his life to Christ. So praise God for that. Uh, but I, I, I did not learn to be a man, if you will, from my father, right? Because it wasn't modeled, right? So I really did not know how to be a man. It was something that uh, I had to learn by looking at, at, at my uncles. I had to learn by looking at my cousins, right? I, so, so, so I did not learn it from the home, if you will, right? So it came from outside uh, uh, family, uh, other people in the church. So, so I, I, I'll be the first one to admit that, that when we met and when we got married, I didn't know how to leave my, my home. Right. <clears throat> and even though I saw my mom be, and now that I think about it, she was the model Proverbs 31 woman who stayed at home, who cared for the finances, who cared for the children, made sure there was food on the table. I saw that modeled. I saw my mom get, get, cute get herself cute before dad got home you know to go greet him and she put on perfume and she laid out his 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 dinner and served him his wine and i saw my mom do that but she raised me to be an independent woman mm. so yeah. with what manuel brought to the table and with me being taught when you want something you're going to go after it and you're going to get it and that's it and nobody's going to tell nobody's going to stop you you're going to go for it it we learned a lot of lessons the hard way <laughs> that that was not going to work. No, no, absolutely. You know, what I learned from my father, my father was a very hard worker. My father worked, work, 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 work. Uh, and, and one of the things that, that I brought into the marriage. Uh, so, so, so here's, here's an interesting thing. Um, uh, she's in the teaching profession. I, I'm in law enforcement. I had just started my law enforcement career uh, months uh, actually, what it, it was, it was like a, a month or two prior to us getting married. So, so it, it was just launching it. So I, I quickly committed to, I got to work and here I go. I'm new. I cannot take time off. And, and, and um, my life, if you will, became what my dad's was work, 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 because you're providing for the family. And in my mind, that's what I saw. So this is what a man did. And I was educated, so I didn't need a man to provide for me. I could provide for myself and my kids. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, I was yeah. like, I want your time. And he's like, why are you being ungrateful? I'm providing for you. That's and so yeah. it was the communication. Our, the communica there, was, there was zero communication. And it was it was sad because there was one day he came home and he's like, man, so-and-so is having trouble with their marriage. And I'm so glad we never argue. And I'm like, cause I don't say a word, you know, and, well, <laughs> and, you know, and, 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 well, no, no, it's true. And, and the interesting thing is, is that she, her shift was in, you know, she's a teacher. During so she wasn't in, during the day, right. She's seven to, to three, what have you. Me, I went in at, at two o'clock in the afternoon. So we didn't see each other. We only saw each other on, on my days off. And in the evening, cause and, he was off yeah. Thursday, Friday. 
Yeah. We saw each other Saturday and Sunday morning. And whenever there were vacations, it was like, it's time to go back to work because we're going to hurt each other because we're with each other 24 hours a day. So since we weren't together, guess what? We didn't argue, you know, hey, that, you know, so we, in my silly mind, uh, I'm I'm like, man, we, we, we have a great marriage. We don't, we don't argue, you know, and I thought that that was it. You know, yeah. No, and at the same time, we're attending church. We're mm-hmm. serving. Help, we're we're serving our pastors, and when we re- when it all came to a head, and we realized that we were in trouble, it was like that hand covering our mouths. Of we can't ask for help mm-hmm. because what will people say? We are the model couple at church that's always volunteering that opens up the church that closes the church and, and then we get in the car we went to we went to church arguing and we got back in the car and finished the argument yeah, and then he went to work after church and that was it and when it we, all, we were never being fed ourselves mm-hmm. because and we, we were never disciples yeah we were never disciples we were always uh, uh working. because we were doing yeah, Our we, heart's that of a servant. Yeah. So, so since we were always doing that, we, 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 we were never being fed. We were never, if you said, cared for and discipled for, you know, so, so um, it, 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 it brought a lot of, uh, uh, you know, hardship. Right. If, yeah. And in, in, in our marriage, and like she said, you know, uh, whenever there was an altar call, you know, it was like the pride, you know, uh, pride of a man, you know, it's like, I'm not going up to the altar, you know, what are people going to think? You know, I was more worried about that than 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 worried that that my marriage was falling apart or my relationship with God wasn't right. You know that 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 was. And when we finally said, when I finally said enough's enough, and I went to our pastor, uh, Pastor Dennis, and and Lisa, and it was a matter of opening my mouth and saying things aren't good. And we need help. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, I think that was the biggest, mm-hmm. that was the biggest moment because, and I love Pastor Dennis. I remember sitting in his office and I would just vomit everything <laughs> that was on my heart and on my mind and all my hurts. And he was so great because he was like, you need to tell Manuel that you need to tell Manuel that now you don't need to know all of that. But you need to tell <laughs> <laughs> honest. Yeah. And it was like, he needs to know how you're feeling, but he doesn't need to know that you think that he's this big the moment that you're angry, <laughs> you know? So he taught me how to communicate with mm-hmm. Manuel, you know, and I know y'all had sessions. Yeah. So, so no, yeah. So, so, so we, 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 of course we went through counseling, right. And independent counseling, you know, and then, and, and then we came together and, and that was the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Right. And, and I think, you know, as, as men, you know, we, 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 we think, one of the things, you know, as men, you know, and I think, Wesley, I've asked you this question before. When did you become a man? You know, and when you ask a man that, when did you become a man? You come up with all these different answers. Well, when I turned 18, when I got my first car, when I first kissed a girl or whatever the case may be, but everybody has a definition of what a man is, you know? So we feel that when we become a man, then we've learned and we've mastered how to lead a family. And, and you know what? Uh, it, it, that those are all lies. You know, you become a man when you surrender your life to Christ. You become a man when you surrender and you tell God, I can't do this without you. I need you in my life. I need you to teach me, if you will, to be the man that my wife 
needs me to be. What do you want for her? I mean, obviously, she's my helper. You know, and if you brought us together, God, she's here to help me. But in order for her to be able to help me, and I need your help to know and to understand what she needs so that at the end to fill up her tank so that that way she can then fill up my tank. And at the same time, it's my relationship with God and knowing that my worth does not come from this man. My worth comes from him mm-hmm. and knowing who I am with him being grounded in in his heart and in in his eyes has allowed us to as he went to to, to god and i went to god we just we came together yeah. because we were on the same page yeah i i often uh joy and i we often tell so joy and i we've been in so we've done every ministry yeah we changed dappers we've done parking lot we've done greeting we've done small group we've done, we've done god marriage we've done everything we're obedient yeah. <laughs> so before we get there though i think what's interesting is that when you met us um i don't remember how we end up in their small group i know i remember you remember I remember. It's foggy for me. It really is foggy because I was like, I need all the cards right now. Yeah. I don't know what. But I, I, I remember you did that. You went through all the cards. <laughs> I and I was like, oh, oh, you got our card. And you yeah. turned around. Okay, yes. And I was holding it like this. Yes. Was like, and you, you hugged me. Like you <laughs> hugged me like we were long, long sisters. Oh, goodness. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, she's so cute. I just, like, where has she been? <laughs> but it, it's interesting, um, you guys' story and how it parallels with ours because um, Wesley uh, came from, I, I don't want to say a single parent household, but you know, life happens and that's what ended up happening yeah. as you come from a you know single mother household. Um, and for me, growing up Jehovah's Witness, um, and the things that, you know, for those of you that already know my testimony, you know where I'm, where I'm coming from when I say, you know, trauma built me in a way that I hope that my daughter never has to experience. Because you're talking about a man who was led by a whole bunch of women telling him how he should be living his life and had a lot of opinions. And then he comes across me, who's this super hyper independent woman because of all the things and i didn't feel like i had a place that i could really lay my head or rest or, and stuff and so when we got married um it's not that wesley didn't want to be a man it's that he didn't know how because there were definitions of what he didn't want to be and i don't want to speak for you so you speak up on, on this part yeah, yeah. there are definitions of what you you saw that you didn't want to be and then you felt pressure to be things to all these other women so that way when you met me you didn't know what to be for me because it was like oh she's different and for me i remember we were having a disagreement and i turned around because you wanted me you said something it's when we had a really bad definition of what submission was and you're like i don't know why you don't trust me i tried to you know this that and a third and i turned around and i said i don't know you mm. How are, yeah. i don't know you and i think that that really broke your heart because it was like well, we got married. Like, what are we doing, and how are we still strangers? Well, see, the thing, you you didn't know me, and I didn't know myself oh, because man. because <laughs> it's kind of it goes back to what you had said, man. It was like when 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 did you become a man? Is the question that you asked me. And at one point, I, I would say at twelve years old when my dad died, I felt like that's when I became a man. That I, I had to be that surrogate man, that surrogate 
big guy in my home after my dad died. So it's my mom, it's my sister, and it's me. And I, I was talking, we were talking to our counselors about that. And one of the things that they mentioned to us was that responsibility should have never been placed upon you at the age of 12 when having to be this man and not really knowing what that looks like. And like, like your dad, my dad was hardworking. Hard mm-hmm. My dad was working two jobs, his lawn service business, and then at the airport. And I love my dad to death. Um, he was at church every Sunday. My mom at church every they Sunday. Yeah. They went to separate churches. It, there was one point that, that they did go yeah. to separate churches. Yeah. And it was just, it was difficult because trying to figure out, all right, how do I learn how to love and lead my wife when I don't see my dad in the house from the morning time until dinner time because he's getting home at 830. Right. And it didn't make him a bad person. It just right. made him not available in order to show me those things. So the times that he did have opportunity to show me things. You were working. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm either at school by that time or it's you're having to go with him on the weekends. To go cut yards. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it made it really difficult. And so it, it was like the last, I would say the last five months of my dad's life he was on me hard. Like, I'm talking, you need to do this. You need to do that. And I was feeling like I was, yeah, it was like this checklist type of thing. I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like, where did I go wrong? And I remember my mom telling my dad, she's like, Wesley, you're being hard on our son. And he was like, Tony, he needs to know this. He needs to know this. He needs to know this. And five months later, my dad dies. And here I am with my mom and my sister. So the only thing in my mind from 12 to, to 21 is that yellow checklist that my dad wrote down and left on the refrigerator. I can remember it to this day, wash clothes, fold them, uh, cut the grass. And that was systematically programmed in my mind. And then he put it at the bottom and then you can watch TV. Yeah. So what it played out in our marriage was Wesley would go through things systematically. Okay, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. And then he would just disappear in the television. And... TV was not my thing. Um, that's not how I was raised. And so it was it was interesting because um, I didn't realize that in that, Wesley was coping and trying to figure out manhood through... Uh, Wesley did a lot of talking about who he wished he was yeah. and not who he is. And right. then when we would talk sports or things like that, it would make him uncomfortable because Wesley loves music. He's very creative. He's artsy. And I appreciate that about him. And he's not afraid to cry. Um, and I admired that worship that was just naturally in him when we did go to church. The heartbreaking part was after that, it was checklist. Okay, I did these things. Okay, now I'm just going to sit here. And he just he was just overwhelmed. Yeah. And um, I remember we were on 1960 in Houston. Yeah. And... We were at the point where I was just like, either we need to leave Houston and and go figure things out for ourselves, um, or we're not going to make it. And I remember telling him, I wish that I could be a woman, but you aren't in a position to allow me to be that. Yeah. And I said, I'm so unhappy. And he was holding on to the 10 and 2 on the steering wheel. And he said, I'm unhappy too. And I said, what are we going to do? Yeah. And we both said, I don't know. And I think shortly after... Um, we visited San Antonio and I said, honey, I really think, cause Elijah had, it was just Elijah and I was pregnant with Ava at the time. Um, and that pregnancy was rough cause we had just lost a baby too in between. And 
got a job, things just started rolling, you got a job, and we moved here to San Antonio, and it's like, okay, and he had been ripped away from his family, so it's like, who am I apart from my family that's not telling me all the things that I need to do when taking up my time with, I need to be here, I need to do this, I need to do that. Um, he was no longer tasked with trying to be a man in two households, which was a problem for the majority yeah. um, of the beginning of our marriage. Right. Um, and was stressful for him, especially, you know, just with the dynamics that were at the time. And then, so then you started to build resentment because it was like, well, who am I if I'm not doing and all these things? And you took me away from what I identified myself as. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You said, we were, let's go do it. Um, so when we got to the church that we met you at, you were in a very broken place. Ava Marie was nine months. Mm -hmm. um, Elijah was one and a half, almost two. Yeah. yeah. They're like, yeah. There's more than that. Um, but so I remember we had gone to this church for a couple of things. And Wesley's always like, he's always served to get away from pain. And I didn't grow up that way. I grew up Jehovah Witness. It was vastly different. And when I accepted Christ and then I married Wesley and then we were pregnant with Elijah afterwards, it was my parents, they were just done with me completely. And I was officially excommunicated from the community I was a part of. Sister, um, high five me. That's me too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> In the Hispanic culture, being Catholic, it's it's being, you're, you're a Hispanic. And I left Catholicism, so I left the family. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like, you know, I had operated so long by myself. So, but I'm trying to hold this thing together. And um, Wesley was not sure because there was not a man in the home. We talked about this today. The decision making wasn't there because the accountability and being afraid of being wrong because he was so used to the checklist. What if I go outside of that checklist and I make a mistake? Yeah. Then I need to have something to blame. And that was part of what was playing on. So that Sunday, um, finally went up for prayer. Um, I think I had Ava on my hand. I don't remember. Or I went and grabbed her. I was very funny about. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I remember being in that room and I'm just like, I looked at the map and then I went here and, you know, I think you were talking or whatever. And I was like, we really need to be a part of a small group. And I was like, these people don't want kids. These people are not on the days that we can. I came across Joanne and I turn around and then sister, I don't remember after that. There I was, and you came and you hugged me. <laughs> you were like, and I was like, hey, we have a small group. You know, you should join us. And you're like, yes, you're my group. You're my group. <laughs> yes. And and on our card, we accept. We said we accepted kids, and because we had never attended a small group because we had little girls, mm -hmm. and nobody ever accepted children. Yeah. And the groups were always were at, were at night when Manuel was at work. And so even if I could find a small group that accepted kids, I wasn't going to drive in the dark with my two little girls. You know, so that was very important to us that everything we had been through, our small group was a family small group for couples, for, mm -hmm. mar for marriages, for mm -hmm. families. And we knew when God had taken all of those jagged pieces of our hearts and of our marriage and had bound them back together, we knew that we were going to use all of that hurt and that pain for his glory, because yeah. it was by his grace that our marriage was saved. Mm -hmm. And so we knew it was like, 
When we built this house, it was, there's a Bible in the concrete in the front door because Manuel got here at O Dark 30 when they were pouring the concrete. And we had that Bible and we prayed over it. And it was, we were dedicating this house to the Lord. And so don't look at my rugs and don't look at my walls because they have been loved by children and by families. And, but that's why we know God gave us this house because we dedicated it to him for his honor and for his yeah. glory. And it, for year for decades, it was opened for families mm-hmm. to just come and to fellowship. And, and that was the thing too, because mm-hmm. the babies, all the babies would just run around yeah. and, so we would let folks know when they would come in for the first time and try us on for size because mm-hmm. we're not like the other small groups. We'll be, you know, doing worship. We'll be studying the word. And there may be a baby waddle in and, and or start crying and you just grab them and you love them like they're yours. You know, mm-hmm. And it wasn't a, oh, you know, her child's misbehaving. We didn't do that here. This was hard. You come in and like you always knew on a Sunday night, I would have a pile of shoes by the front because people were just home and they would leave the house without their shoes. <laughs> We'd have kids' shoes on. <laughs> Somebody's going to school tomorrow without shoes. <laughs> you know, and, and but that was that was our group. Yeah, that, that you know, and, and and exactly what she says, you know, um, we always, uh, when our girls were young, we stayed away from small groups. We stayed away from being able to be discipleship because we didn't want for our children to be disruptive. Right. And so it was always difficult. So that's one of the first things, like you said, we did. It's like anybody can come uh, to our small group. Anybody who has children who does not have children had to be married couple. It had to be a married couple because we were ministering to marriages. Right. Uh, After what God had done in our lives. uh, Wow. I mean, uh, what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn it around and use for good. And that's what he did. He did in, in our small group. He did. Uh, with us. And, and, and it's interesting because a lot of people tell us, you know, that, man, your, 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 your small group really, really helped our marriage. Um, You guys helped us. Uh, You guys helped us because it's what kept us encouraged and strong. But getting back to what she was saying about the kids, we allowed anybody to come and we, and, and, and I, y'all recall uh, our biggest thing is uh, it wasn't a small group. Because we never closed it. We had it, you know? and sometimes up to fifty people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in our homes, in the backyard. Yeah, because we were told, you know, uh, you know, you know, four, six, four or five couples max or whatever. But it's like, no, and and, and if, well, families. If people need it, and if people want this, just <laughs> yeah. come on. And it was interesting because even some pastors knew we had this big group, and they're like, "I got one more for you. Send them my way." <laughs> send them our way, you know, and they just they kept, need you. Yeah, okay. you, you know, and, not and gonna turn them away, but that's what it's about. Right. I mean, if, 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 if God has done a work in your life, right. We, we, we have to share with other people. And, and why do we share with other people? We share with other people because we don't want other people to go through the same pains that we went through. Yeah. You know I mean, uh, it's, yeah. growing pains are good. Don't take me wrong. I mean, you need to sometimes go through growing pains, but, 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 uh, one of the things that we say, we, we, uh, we, you've heard us say uh, with children, uh, it, it works even for married couples. You know, uh, when you go bowling, right? When you go bowling, what do we do for the kids? We put the bumper bowls, right? We put yeah. the bumper bowls on the side, right? Why do we do that? Because we don't want our children to fall or, or we don't want the ball to go in the gutter. We don't want our children to go in the gutter. 
Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes when it comes to ministering to other people, to ministering to, to marriages, what do we do? We put those bumper bowls down. Why? Because as they navigate in marriage, right, they're going to be bumping. And sometimes they're getting close to the gutter. And, and our just responsibility is just <laughs> knock them back in the middle, you know, because we need to get you down that road, you know, and we need to get you down that road without you falling into the gutter. I was I want to I want to bring it up because I, I love the direction that the conversation is moving in. Um, you, you guys were speaking about how your the pain of your marriage and the pain of your life developed this ministry that you all were able to to have within the home. And, and one of my favorite pastors that I love listening to, he said this, his quote was, if you want to know the ministry that God has called you to take an inventory of your pain. Mm-hmm. And when I think about the pain of y'all's life and the pain of our lives, it's been in that marriage area. And so when it when it's come down to and I'm coming to my question, when it's come down to what y'all have experienced in your marriage, what is the importance of vulnerability and authenticity? Literally just putting your lives out for people to see. Why is that so important? Because so many, I feel like so many people in in the faith hide away from being authentic with one another. And we put up these walls like everything's perfect. And that's what the world is seeing. But if they were to have a peek into our lives, they'd be like, your life is a hot mess. And we're like, welcome to our life. So you talked to us a little bit about being vulnerable and authentic. Right. Because when we got to you guys, we were extremely broken. And it was me that was waving the white flag. And he was like, no, 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 we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. And I'm just like, no. So when I fell into Joanne's arms, I literally meant it with all my being. And even though we kept on going, you know, you guys kept massaging that area because there was a wound that was there, but it took some time for us to get that vulnerability, but we could definitely be there with you guys and do that because first you love the thing that we valued the most, which was our children and our marriage. And so, yeah, talk about that because that's what made not only drew us in, but it allowed us to stay. And then, you know, we grew under you guys. I think what, what we learned through our counseling was we need to love each other the way Jesus loves us. And we take that out into the world with us. Love like Jesus. That's our ministry. We love like Jesus. And we part of loving, when you love someone, you trust them and you don't hide. And one of the things, our, our number one rule in life with people is we're going to talk the talk, but we're walking that walk too. Mm. We're not people here right now lights and talking and then we turn around and never talk to each other what you see is what you get and now that doesn't always go over real well though (laughs) you know we will be vulnerable with people and say man he ticked me off today when he did this you know and and we we, will be very vulnerable with people and at the same time we always go back to the word So I have ladies who are probably still upset with me today because they were like, my husband, he blah, 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 blah. And I'm listening and I'm listening and I'm listening and I let him finish. And okay, what does the word say about forgiveness? Joanne, no, no. What does the word say about forgiveness? Yeah. Love covers all sin. What do we do? You know, and it's, I think it's, it's loving like Jesus and always pointing them back to the word, because what did Jesus always do? 
whether it was he was giving a parable, whether he was ta- having an uncomfortable conversation with somebody at the well, he yeah. always mm-hmm. pointed back to the wall, mm-hmm. what his father yeah. said right. he, with love. He did it with you love. Know, and, and I think also people that are hurt, people that are going through difficult times, they need to know. They need to know that they're not alone. Because sometimes, you know, uh, people that are that are coming into your into your circle, you know, they're 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 looking at you, and 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 they, of course, you know, nobody wants to be judged. Nobody wants you know to be looked at and and like, oh, this person is going to judge me, or they're going to think I'm so horrible or whatever. Um, you, you you we we try to make them feel comfortable to say this is a safe place. You yeah. are not alone. We're going to be vulnerable with you. We're going to we're going to speak the truth. We don't know no other way to be quite honest with you, mm-hmm. but just to be genuine with people. I mean, I I I don't know no other way of to, to do ministry, right? Than other than to just love people. And and why do I love those people that are broken? Because I've been there. And and thank you, Lord, that 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 like you're saying the ministry that, 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 that God guides you into is, 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 is from your pain because you can feel what the other person is going through and you hurt with them. And, and, and they know that it's true. They know that it's real. And they know that this is going to be a safe place where, where they're going to be loved. They're going to be picked up and mended. Right. Not, not me. It's, it's, it, it's, it's God. It's God there. God's going to mend them. God's going to give them the ability here to be mended. This is going to be a hospital and, 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 and we're going to get through this. Right. But we always tell people once you get up, once you, you dust yourself off, you cannot keep this blessing for yourself. This blessing needs to go out and you need to be a blessing to others. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's how we do ministry, right? And that's that. why we're vulnerable. So it, it, it reminds me of, uh, Paul said it either in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians, but he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Amen. And I, I think that that's the epitome of discipleship is you knowing that Christ, that, that Christ has entered into our mess, and because he's entered into our mess, he's the only one that can clean it up. Amen. And so as we look to him to clean up our mess, as others are looking at us, we're pointing to Christ. That's right. And I remember when we, when we, um, when you guys opened your home up to us, we'll, we'll get to that story in a minute. When you guys opened your home up to us, one of the first things you said Manny, to me was, there will be times where you will see me and Joanne have heated fellowship. He said, and I want y'all to be welcomed into that. He said, you may hear some things. He said, you may, you, you may hear what's being said and all of this stuff. He said, but I want you to know how it's resolved, right? That it wasn't just here, here's a situation, but here is how we resolve it. We go to Christ. When we were sitting at the dining room table with you guys and eating and talking, Again, the, the fellowship was centered in Christ. And it, it reminds me of Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 15. All of discipleship hinged on what Paul said in that first verse, where he said, but as for you, teach what is of sound doctrine. 
Paul always brought it back to the word that what we do and how we fellowship and how we live with each other is rooted in the word of God. Joanne, you mentioned that um, earlier tonight. It's like, go back to the word, go back to the scripture. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, I love that. I love that piece. And, and I think that, um, so there, there was multiple families. Everybody had their thing, right? And I appreciated the fact that we could literally there would be times I text you on and say, I don't even want to really go. This is where we're at. This is what's happened. And it sucks. Okay, sister, come anyway. <laughs> and bring babies. Where I'm like, I still got to bathe them. I still got to feed them. It's okay. You can bathe them here. You know, and and, and I, that was the big thing with me is, is that um, because we did not initially have the supports here in San Antonio, you guys were a breath of fresh air. And I still remember walking through the door tight and like, hey, Elijah, chill out. Because, you know, Elijah, oh, you know, <laughs> he's all boy. Yeah. And just, you know, just being nervous about, I knew that going to small group to see what I wanted to see for our marriage and for our children um, was going to require a vulnerability that would have to, I would have to undress myself from the shame. That's good. And to let Joanne in was a big deal, especially, you know, we're two very strong women. We were like-minded, you know, um, and there were other things that were at play here, but we talk about, like people talk about discipleship, like applying pressure. Right. But, and that's to, you apply pressure to wounds and things like that. Um, but they don't talk about, okay, after that's done, what does it look like? Because people get stuck in the cycle. Yes. They just come back and they try to find things. And, you know, um, I loved how you and Manny were able to uh, use wisdom to determine when you needed to interject and help out. And when you just need to say, okay, we're praying for you. Let's pray right now. And one of the things that I loved about Joanne is in the midst of pain, whether it was mine or hers, um, because it turned from as well in a small group to it really being a sisterhood, especially with her and I, which we both really, really needed, um, that we felt like we could trust each other with it. But she was never afraid to say, okay, sister, let's pray. And it didn't matter how mad I was or how broken I was or snot bubbles coming out, <laughs> whatever. It was like, here's some tissue and we're going to pray. And then she would tell me everything is going to be okay, which comforted me because when I was pregnant with Elijah, you know, I had cancer at the time. The first thing I would tell him is, hey, dude, everything's going to be okay. But I always wanted to be told that I was going to be okay. Uh, And I think that we get caught up in the checklist of discipleship. Okay, we have the scripture. We have the sermon that we learned today. And then we have these questions. We're going to go through those questions. But we don't have enough bravery to open ourselves up, to unclothe ourselves from the shame and say, hey, this is what we dealt with this week. We need y'all to pray for us. And this is the scriptures that we read. And we're not going to stay in a state of backbiting or the gossip or, you know, whatever it is, or bad-mouthing our spouse. Uh, Ava's knocking on the door. Um, But rather, we're going to uh, stay in a a, a gospel mind, and we're going to bring you back to the scriptures, and we're going to round this thing out, and we're going to let the scriptures do the work Um, Because sometimes when we get in small groups, we end up depending on and hinging ourselves on the small group and the people there because it's easier to do that than to depend on Christ. And Mm -hmm. so one of the things I want to point out, too, is that we're saying love like Christ. And somebody may say, well, what does that look like? Well, what are some pain and pressure points that's 
been in your life and how did you get through it and how can you encourage somebody else? I don't want us to get into that checklist because yeah. that's very much the questions that we've been asked. Well, how do I love somebody that doesn't want to be loved? You love them. You love them harder. Yeah. yeah. Give them big hugs. Get on their nerves with all the love that you have and, you know, and let them be exactly what they are in that moment. I think we overcomplicate what it is that Christ did. Yeah. And it really is meeting people where they're at, not where you're at or where you think they should be. Or this list of, well, I did this, this, and this, so you should do that too. We don't want to be prescriptive either, but I really think that what we're saying in all of this is that we're overcompensating and trying to be very pragmatic about, yeah. okay, this is how you do discipleship. You need to make sure you go here and you do this and you do that. And we're leaving out love and we're leaving out what it is to be human first. You know, First uh, John four nineteen, God mm-hmm. gave me that scripture is we love because he first loved us. Yeah. And when we learn, you know, when, when, when we were all in the world and when we came to Christ, right. And yeah. Christ, you know, through, you know, grace and forgiveness and, 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 you know, because of Christ's righteousness, right. We, 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 we are saved. Right. When that took place, right. We fell in love. That's what it is. We fell in love with him. And because of the love that he showed us, it is just automatic. Right. It's just automatic, and what, what what takes place, I think, is just we begin to 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 just out of loving Him, we are now able to love the world, even those people that maybe sometimes want to hurt us, those people that are against us. We love them because we don't see them because we're looking at, at at Christ, we're looking at what He's done, and we say, "Thank you, thank you that you rescued me, and now that you've rescued me, I can see things differently, and I can love others, right?" Because you first loved me. And I think that the basis of discipleship is love. But I think what we often forget is that Jesus is not only love, he's our blessed assurance. And that's that hope that we have that, God, you are not answering this prayer the way I want it, but I trust you. I trust you anyway. Amen. Even if it's, if it's an issue between us, I trust you anyway, and I know you're going to deal with him, and you're going to. <laughs> Which it usually comes back this way. <laughs> <laughs> I trust you, and it's that hope of you're going to fix everything, and yeah. that's it, <laughs> you know, and, and I think we leave that out in discipling, and that's why I always say, you said it, everything's going to be okay. We're good. We're pushing forward because there's something else. There's a song by Casting Crowns that I absolutely love. It's called Already There. And it talks about how Jesus is already on the other side of your situation waiting for you, cheering you on. Come on, baby girl. Come home. You know, and he's always doing that. He that's how he loves us. He loves us so beautifully. And I think and I, I know I that's what I think of. You know, whether it's my husband or my daughters or my, or my sisters, and it's the, come on, we're, we're going to pull through this. We are going to do this. We're going to make it happen because he's going to give us the strength to do it. You know, and I think an, love, hope, going back to the word, always, always, because I'm human. <laughs> and if somebody comes to me and is like, really upset about them being hurt. I'm like, my, my first instinct is 
I have woods behind my house and I got a shovel. Let's go, let's go take care of it. Right? We're human. We think those things and it's like, let's go to prayer before we talk about this. <laughs> no, it's going back to the word. And God, let this be for your honor and for your glory and give us the words and wisdom because we're human and the human bubbles up. But there was something you said, Mercedes, about that you had to be vulnerable coming into group. And you knew you were going to have to expose. And I think that's what's important about discipleship. Because we can love people. We can give people hope. We can pray for them. But if you're going to be sitting mm. and not open up yeah. and don't tell them anything about our, our stuff going on, you're not yeah. going to ever be discipled, no matter how many people come around you to love and support you know, and so then it goes back to we can be vulnerable and we can be transparent because we're loving and because we're trusting. And it may take it's going to take a lot mm-hmm. for other folks, many folks to trust us because or, or trust anybody who's trying to disciple them because it's always the what are they up to? What do they want? What's the agenda? What's the agenda? Mm-hmm. You know, what 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 is what? Because how are we treated all our lives by the world? There's always something somebody wants from us. Right. You know, and we take that in and we learn that. And it's like, why'd you vacuum today? What do you want? You know, we, we do. <laughs> and it's because that's the world has trained us. And again, going so, back to yeah. the home, our home and our relationship with people, it's you can trust us. In, in, we, we don't expect we don't expect anything. anything. We just expect you to come and be you, you yeah. know, here in this home. You know, and I remember that because I uh, had trust issues. You guys are. I was like, what do I need to bring? Because I would text you, what do you need me to bring, or what do I need to do? Or, and it was like, just come. And I was like, there's no way that's not simple. And so you know, it's kind of like I would tiptoe into the house, take my shoes off slowly, and then Elijah would just bolt into the house right to Manny and be like, (laughs) all right, kids, just expose your actual heart in in the matter. And then that's what I love, too, is it it was how you guys loved our kids because we were always not wanting to be an inconvenience. And I think that discipleship in conjunction with being vulnerable is allowing yourself to be inconvenienced by other matters besides yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, I just remember kind of transitioning how Wesley and I, we had came to you guys or, or you had had a conversation with me. I don't remember how it all happened. Um, but I do remember we were just in tears because we were told yet again, Hey, you need to give more if you want to be here or you need to do this. And we literally were, you know, we're still new in our marriage. Um, what, four or five years. Yeah. And so, um, being asked to give more when we didn't have anything else to give and we're like guys we're barely putting food on the table there's like you know we're making it we're doing all this stuff and it became work 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 to prove that you qualify to lead other people and it's really just as simple as inviting someone else to your table and having a casual conversation and we make much of something that is really so simple and that we were designed for in the first place we're all designed for that connection piece and what i love joanna is from the get-go, but really intensely, you know, as we continue to go to small group and, and stuff, is the responsibility that you took for me, because if you would have asked me, um, and I think that this would be still a question for many people, who are you apart from your fleshly desires? 
apart from what defines you physically as a woman, um, all these other things that you do as functions, who are you? And so that discipleship and me seeing you as in your, your example and how you were walking really had me have to tap into who am I in Christ? Well, if you take away what I was doing as a wife, if you take away what I do as a mother, if you take away what I was doing at the time as a teacher, I had no answer as to who I was and what womanhood was. And I think that that would be true for you as well. Yeah. Because the question is, well, what, what makes a man, what makes a woman? Yeah. And so what I loved is that you guys tapped into us and we were like, we have no idea what the answer is. And we're in this marriage. We've made it five years. We have two kids and world defines those things as saying, okay, you're, you're a woman now you're responsible for somebody else, or you're a man now because you have to leave this home. But if those things were taken away, who are we? Yeah. And so what I loved is how you guys time and time again, were able to teach us scripture and sound doctrine. And even though we knew, you know, what the word said, we didn't necessarily allow it to always penetrate our heart and massage that thing in. Yeah. I want to, I want to read real quickly, uh, Titus chapter two verses one through 15. And now with the Holy spirit to just kind of guide the conversation from there. Mm -hmm. Um, it's what it reads, but as for you teach what accords with sound doctrine, Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so to train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an, um, so that an opponent may not be put to shame. Having nothing evil to say about us, slaves are to be submissive to their own masters and everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. Declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that as I've been walking in this discipleship walk, and as we as a couple have been walking in this discipleship walk, one of the things that has been a common theme that I've been hearing in our conversation is going back to the word going back to the word and knowing that the Holy Spirit is the one that is rejuvenating, that is directing us, that is guiding us in all things. One of the questions that I wanted to, I guess one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys is when it came to you all, you, you all calling us into your home and saying, hey, we want to welcome you all in your home. You, get, you didn't know us for long. Right. You, you knew us for a bit. 
that had to be in my mind that had to be the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. leading you in that direction to say, we want the Livingstons to come into the home. Can you walk us through? Because and the reason why I bring this up, we oftentimes disconnect the word of God from the Holy Spirit. And we get so many people that grow in knowledge of the Bible, but not the practicality of walking out the scriptures by leading of the Holy Spirit. And so we end up having these legalistic Christians that have great knowledge, but have poor living skills and no grace to show to people. How did the Holy Spirit lead y'all to opening up your homes to a family of four? Can you... Talk to us about Two that. little ones. And then COVID happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then COVID. Like, what? And then COVID happened. <laughs> so I think, first of all, when being grounded in the word and looking back at scripture and looking at how many times we see in scripture that people opened up their homes. Yeah. They opened up their homes. And, you know, folks may think, oh, but, you know, that was back then. You know, now they can check into a, an extended stay hotel or they, no. They opened <laughs> up their homes. Do yep. We see that time and time again in the scripture. You know, so one, digging into the scripture and knowing what the word says. And, and I think many times we just gloss over those occurrences. Oh, yeah, he invited him in. He stayed in, 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 in her room and he was sick. We just, we, we, we don't really dig into the word and realize what we're reading, all of those little nuances. But, and then again, being obedient to the spirit. So, and I remember it was, you all had a burden on your heart and it was a concern. And I was, I hear, I hear the Holy Spirit, like he is in the room talking to me. And we were small group and y'all were sharing. And the Holy Spirit said, Manuel wants to invite them here. Tell him it's okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, it, okay. And then I turned to him and I was like, and I don't know, we were about to pray for them or something, but I remember telling you, just do it. You know, and, and, and I think, and I think that that's just it. I mean, you, you, you just, when God puts something in your heart, you know, again, when, when, when you're, when you guys were talking, y'all were burdened with, 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 with the decision y'all had to make, what were we going to, what are we going to do? Are we going to renew a lease or not? What have you? And, and, and these are the decisions that we have to make in, in my own human, you know, thinking it's a no brainer, but, 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 but I say that, but it wasn't my human thinking. It was just something that the Holy Spirit, you know, you know when the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Now, some people choose not to listen. And that's the thing. That's the thing. <laughs> because it's very, oh, but what about I'm going to be inconvenienced because I need to go downstairs and get my coffee and brother's going to see me if I go get my coffee. <laughs> no, it's, it's yeah. all of and, and And so, 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 yeah, so when he speaks to you and, and, and you know it is, you have to be careful to not start thinking on your own. Mm, right. That's so and, and because you start trying to think things through, is this really you? Give me another sign. You don't know. You know, I, I knew, and, and, and let me tell you something about my wife. Um, remember that our spouses are there as our helper. And one of the things that she helps me with 
is to listen to the Holy Spirit when I start trying to think things on my own. So, man, it, it, it to me, it was just like, we have to, we have to do this, right? And I looked at her and, and it wasn't even- We didn't even talk We didn't even it. talk, we just looked at each other. It was a look and, and, and it was just, we, we just, we just did this. You know, and we I just remember, did, I remember do it, and we knew what we were both saying. And it's like, do it, okay. And that's when we called you guys over and said, "This is what we're being told, and this is what's going to happen." And 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 that's what it's about. That that that's what is about. You know, when when you love, again, we talked about when you love God. When you love God, that this is what you do. You help His people. And, yeah. and, and, and looking at you all too, and, and, and I'm thinking to myself, how are they going to get there if they aren't given a, a hand? Mm-hmm. How are they going to get there? Yeah, God can make it happen, but it's going to be a lot harder. But here we are. God's with, saying, with, instead of going through that, here's I'm the here easier path. path. Come here come here and it's going to benefit you and it's going to benefit them. Cause man, Wesley, let me tell you something. You're a blessing to me. I love Wesley listening to you preach and teach. I, I, I learn from you. you. You're saying that you learn from me. You're saying that I disciple you, my brother, you feed me, you feed me. The Holy spirit uses you to feed me and I'm learning from you. My sister, I love you because you're a sister to my wife, your family to my wife. And, 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 and you, you think that we've been a blessing to you. You all are a blessing to us. We love your children. We love your children. Your children are beautiful. And, and that's what God does. God brings people together. And God says, this is family. You know, where, 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 where you, you, you all too, Joanne and you talk, Mercedes, about, man, family. What is family? This is family. This is what you're seeing here. This is what it's about. Wesley, you know, you, you lost daddy at an early age. I lost my dad at 20, you know, I, I, and we were, I was still young and dumb, right, at, at, at that age, you know. So we're here to help each other out. And you know why we're doing this, Wesley? We are doing this because you and I now have a responsibility for Elijah. We are here to teach Elijah. We are here to make sure that Elijah has it easier than what we had it. Yeah. You know, to guide him better. Y'all, y'all have it tougher because y'all got three to worry about. Y'all got a, <laughs> you know, and there's two of y'all, and there's three of them, you know, but that's where y'all and come crazy, together. Girl. <laughs> really crazy. But that's what God does. So getting back to what you were saying, it was just, we just looked at each other and we just said, this is what we did. It's like, yes, yes, yes. Nothing else needs to be said. She just said, let's do it. And, and, and we knew that that was of God. You know, but you have to be, you, you have to be willing to listen. And again, and don't obey. question it. Yeah. Just if he gave you that and y'all are getting confirmed here, it's it. And, 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 and that in itself is so many lessons because it's my relationship and his relationship and our relationship and us going into the word together and us knowing that. We've been through junk and we're going to use it for his glory. Us knowing that who we are individually in Christ and no understanding how Christ uses us for the good of everyone and us 
keeping each other. I'm his bumper buddies and he's my bumper buddies. And, and we keep each other balanced, accountable. accountable, And it's knowing, and it's, you know what I mean? So it's so many facets of trusting in him in so many different ways that when he speaks and and things that like, and I've told people because y'all weren't the only ones who've been in our home. We, before you, we had a family of five. We had, well, we had five teenagers in our home at the same time. That was crazy. And, but it was like, we, we obey, but it's learning. And when people hear that we, you, you've opened your home. Yes. That was a season that uh, God had us, us. And, and God gave us, you know, and we didn't understand why we were doing small group, you know, to us. We didn't understand why this room had never turned into anything. Now it's an office. Yeah. Well, we're sitting was, in it. It was the baby's this room. This was the baby's room. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, we knew, <laughs> but y'all remember, even in small group, we didn't have anything in here. So no, God no. kept it empty for a reason. All the kids would go in there, and it was funny because yes. come in, and the little ones would run to the teenagers. The teenagers would pull out phones, and they would just be yes. talking. And it was just like everybody knew their responsibility, and their responsibility was just to be. And that's where I wrestled the most in low battery. Um, <laughs> but that's where I wrestled the most because I remember um, when we did, you know, transition into you guys' home, um, there was a shame that I had, you know, um, and I wasn't sure and I didn't know. I was so used to not being uh, supported and things being with, without a cost that when you guys had brought us in, it was like, okay, what do I need to do? Or how can I pay you back or whatever? And you're like, no, you're not paying it back. We just need you to do what you need to do so that you can obey the Lord and and go forth and, and do whatever it is that he's called you to do. And so uh, Wesley and I were not, we got it right here. Babe. Um, Wesley and I were not used to that open-handed giving you remember that day we were just like oh what yeah. are they gonna do are they gonna ask us for something it was like that tension um that we had of oh we don't want to be in their way so if it wasn't a matter of you know are we being inconvenient it was well how do we pay them for back for everything they've done and you told us plain and simple that discipleship is not what you give back it's about what you um give forward and yeah. so now uh, Elijah now gets to see, you know, he looks up to you and he's like, I'm gonna be a police officer, which is not happening. Many already said no. Um, but Elijah now looking at him at seven, and boys are built weird at seven. They look like little cartoon characters, they're built like a local remote. <laughs> just to see how he's embracing what it is in his boyhood and wants to own responsibility and just step into that role because Wesley, he watched Wesley be poured in by you. And now Wesley is pouring into his son and our children are reflections of our hearts. Yeah. And what is it? They're doing what we're not talking about, but what they see us do. Um, and so, you know, same for Ava Marie, you know, she went from being chubby cheeks and I don't know how she made up the stairs so fast every Saturday, but she was <laughs> fast. I was like, where's my kid? And I know you're like, don't freak out. We got her upstairs. You know, and just her seeing a healthier version of her mother and what it is in a sisterhood that I'm literally watching her at five and six, you, you know, five and six have a close friend, Ella, 
and yeah. and really being able to have a genuine sisterhood that early whereas you know her mother didn't even know what that was until in her th- 30s and women still can be in their 30s 40s 50s go a lifetime like my mother still I, I don't know she doesn't have friends and i'm just like i got to get to a healthier version of me by participating in his discipleship being willing to do the hard work being told okay sister that's enough let's pray and you know or you know being able to in those mornings when we're having a tough time and you pass coffee like it's going to be okay you know it was those small acknowledgements and and those things they weren't big ordeals not like you got people rather just give money or you know so they don't have to be inconvenienced so they can afford the time to be selfish but that's not what god is calling us to do it's time is not given hours in the first place it's borrowed so the best thing we can do is to multiply it by pouring into people which is what you've done with the you know with us and we're able to do that with our children now our children are in class talking about jesus and bringing their friends along and so it's like you know yes we were there for 10 months and we got to see what it is to be a woman what it is to to be a man and you know it's not like you guys had all the answers either you weren't afraid to ask us as well it's not about you having to have all the answers or to pretend like you have it all together it's about being willing to say you know i can tell you i don't know but i'm confident that because the Lord's word says that he will see his work complete in us, just like it was mm-hmm. completed across that we're, I'm going to get whatever it is that I need. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that in those 10 months, we were very diligent about, okay, oop, they had an argument on what do we need to do? Or what do we take from that? Or seeing you, Manny say, okay, here's my retirement account. Here's my bank account. This is what I did. And Joanne said, Nope, that's not my ministry. I'm gonna go over here and watch the babies, you know? Um, <laughs> You know, and then just hearing and seeing how Wesley was growing or you guys, you know, hearing our arguments and seeing the intensity of things and being able to say, okay, so let's de-escalate. Let's get the kids settled. Let's have that conversation with them. And then we're going to do with you guys, everybody cool off. And it was just wonderful to see. Um, and I feel that because you guys, and you, you can say for yourself, I feel that because you guys sowed that time into us and that vulnerability, and you guys said, this is what life looks like right now. Um, even in the midst of COVID and being stressed out about all the stuff and having babies in the house and all three teachers in the house, and you're trying to put on a presentation and Elijah's preaching on the toy chest that he shouldn't be standing on and Ava <laughs> having a whole worship ceremony. I'm sure, like, what yeah. That was the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I I love the patience that was had, you know, even when there's times I'm sure you just didn't want to, you know, and even when we were in our humanness and we we're just like, oh, it was rough. And it's not like we sat in Kumbaya all the time. It was like, sister, I'm going to get in the kitchen first and let me make dinner and let me have it. And then, we'll, you know, we'll have you guys or I say, hey, sister, I'm not going to be home for a while. Can you please help me with the family? And she would just take over, you know, or vice versa or, you know, however a little bit I could help. You know, it was, it, was, it was truly wonderful. But I love that discipleship doesn't mean that you have to have all the answers either. Right, it's right, about right. seeing how you walk and trust the Holy Spirit and right. doing this thing. And what is observed is a greater lesson than whatever it is that you could speak from your mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. One thing that I, I can, I've personally taken away, and I think we can all say has been discipleship is sacrificial. That there's a difference between just being a believer in Jesus versus being a disciple mm-hmm. of Christ. Right. And for y'all, y'all have been 
the epitome of what discipleship truly is. Like the reality is y'all didn't have to open up your home, right? You didn't have to do the things that you did. Manny, you didn't have to take the time to sit down with me and talk to me about finances. You didn't have to do those things. But because of what Christ has richly done through both of you, there was no other, it's like there's no other choice that y'all had but to do what Christ commissioned y'all to do. And that was to serve. And it's funny because when when I would share this testimony about y'all to people either at the church or in the community or wherever, people were like, oh my gosh, they, they did that? As though it was like unbelievable. But but it goes back to the point of where humanity is right now is people can't conceive that type of love. Right. And the reason why they can't con- conceive it is because they, I don't believe they've truly come to that deep understanding of what Christ has done. Like if we, if we don't understand what he richly did for us, then how in the world can we richly give it? And also it's not just understanding, but like for people who come from a work-based faith before, you know, for yeah. Catholicism, Jehovah's Witness, what do I need to do? Like how hard do I have to work for me to receive what it is that you've done and that's the other point of that thing too is it's not just understanding but it's also accepting i'm glad you said that because the day thank you holy spirit the day that y'all told us we want you to come in i will never forget that moment we broke down like babies because we had prayed Hmm. for help We had prayed for the Lord to open up a door for relief for for us because we didn't know where it was coming from. And if this moment can be a moment of encouragement for, for people that are watching this as we're talking, being willing to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life being willing to humble yourself and to say, I don't have the answers. I don't have it all together, but I know you do. The mm-hmm. answer will come right when you need it. Like literally That's right. the lease for our apartment was going to be up. Um, we were transitioning and trying to figure out, Lord, how are we going to do this? You're calling me in the full-time ministry. What does that look like? And without any effort, Y'all said yes. We break down. And I, all I can say is look where God has us now. Amen. Would we be where we are now if it had not been for your yes in responding to the Holy Spirit, being obedient to the Holy Spirit and how he was working in your heart? Because like I said, you could have completely said, well, no, we'll, we'll, we'll push that aside. Or we're just going to give or whatever. But I think that we're talking about your yes and your vulnerability and your trans, you know, the, the, the transparency. Yeah. That the cost completely outweighed what God did in the end. And he's not done. And so for those of you who are thinking, well, I don't know about opening. You don't have to open up your home. What we're saying is, is that you take the, take an assessment 
of your wound and see where your pain is and let that be your ministry. What we're saying is be willfully inconvenient because we live in a self-centered gospel where we're our own gods and we may not want to acknowledge that, but if you're worried about your retirement or you're worried about your time or you're worried about your comfort, those are the idols that are taking Jesus' spot. And we're saying take those off and see where it is that you can serve, live life on your knees. It doesn't mean it has to be as drastic as, oh, I'm letting everybody into my house. We're not saying that. You exercise wisdom, of course, and you give according to how the Holy Spirit is asking. And you live life not closed-fisted, but open-handed. Yes. And I think that that is something that, as we're coming to these times that are unprecedented i'm tired of living in unprecedented times but (laughs) as we are living in these times we're seeing more people closing their fists but the world is only getting worse when there was a time when we had our hands open and we saw how amazing the holy spirit and how god and jesus just worked together to really just bring life into humans and for us to dwell and that discipleship also doesn't mean that there's always going to be peace but it doesn't mean it's not worth that sacrifice. Because, you know, we talk about, oh, not my peace. I don't want my peace disturbed. But true peace is knowing that there's a battle that is happening, but God has you no matter what. Amen. And we're not, you know, you're not thinking about self. And I think that we're talking about a selfless gospel. Yeah. Not a self-centered gospel. And I just get overwhelmed. And I'm so glad that we get to share you know, yes, we were the beneficiaries of this testimony, but it's now transcending generations. And one yes will now impact even more. Like, I, I have no idea what's going to happen, but I'm watching my son and his kindness and his being willing to step into eventually manhood, but in his boyhood, how he wants to lead Ava Marie, embracing what it is to be a woman and not trying to allow not, not allowing the world to make her more masculine in this thing that she was not designed to be and to carry things on her shoulders she was not designed to carry so now she's saying daddy um so when it's my time to get married can you help me <laughs> my husband now i know that he's Absolutely. screaming like no but at the same time it's like there it is she's leaning on us to say hey i know you guys have enough wisdom to help me out in this thing or elijah you're helping me figure out how I'm thinking and to change my thinking when I'm doing wrong. And I'm watching this happen actively yeah. in our children. And I don't know what's going to happen, you know, even further down the line with it. But one yes has changed generations. And you guys have said yes time and time again. And I feel like the riches is the fact that these people that get to listen is now because you guys said yes. And we would not have had this opportunity. But I do believe that God would have made it happen. I think we would have had more bruises than we would have liked. Yeah. But I'm so grateful for y'all. And yes. I could add to that, Mercedes, that how, again, you all have blessed us in so many ways. And the, oppor- the opportunity that we had to open our home to you. But it's real funny because for us that season has ended. And like right now, my phone's blowing up with prayer requests for other issues, right? So that discipleship doesn't have to be opening up your home. It can be opening up your phone and not just saying, yeah, I'm going to pray for you. It's no calling and I'm going, I'm praying for you. You know, you're on the way to the hospital. What can we do for your family? Mm -hmm. Your sister's in Colorado falling apart. How can we pray for her? What can we do? You know, offering those words of wisdom. And then at the same time, that doesn't mean our home's not being opened because we modeled it. And now we have international students coming into our home with our college girls. And, and, and they're like, oh, well, she flies in from Honduras on Friday. So I'm going to go pick her up. And then she's going to come in and she can't get into her dorm until the 20th. And it's like, so we have other people living with we us. Still and, have and, people. <laughs> and, and, here, and here's the beauty. Guess what? 
we're able to minister to her, mm-hmm. right, by opening up our homes through our daughters. Mm-hmm. And what are our daughters doing now? They're you know, opening up our home. You know, you and, can't bring her home. And, and, like, yeah. You've and, always done it, mama. <laughs> and and of course, you know, so so guess what? And it's beautiful because her parents ac- actually trust us with their daughter. They they know they're not coming from Honduras, but they know that their daughter is going to be safe with us. So it, it continues and it does not end, you know, and like that Joanne says, like Joanne says, she's, she's doing that, she, you know, that her phone is blowing up and so forth. Well, and I'm still involved in men's ministry. I'm still trying to help men, right, to be better husbands. It might not be as an, as a couple, but we're still doing that ministry, right? And 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 it, it never ends. You know, discipleship never ends. You know, uh, what, what, what was uh, what, what did we hear the other day? We heard, as long as God still has us here, right? There's still work to be done. Yes. You know, if I'm if I'm here, if I'm here, God still has work for us. So we never stop working, right? We never stop discipling. We never stop loving and telling people about his goodness, right? And about the gospel, right? Until he says, you're done with your work. You're done with your work. So the work continues. Thank y'all so much. Before before we get off, uh, Manny, could you pray us out? Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. Let's do that. Father God, once again, Lord God, we're just thankful, Lord God, to you, Lord God. Thank you, Father God, that you love us, Father God. And because of your love for us, God, we, Lord God, are able, Lord God, to love others, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, for Wesley and Mercedes, Father God, and this wonderful time, Lord God, the fellowship, Lord God, that we've just had, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that you, you, Lord God, are using Wesley and Mercedes, Lord God, just to minister to others, Father God, that you're helping them, Father God, minister, Lord God, to their to their children, Father God. We just ask you, Father God, to continue, Lord God, to work in each of our lives, Lord. Uh, Help us, Lord God, to be able to be sensitive, Lord God, to your spirit, Father God, to hear from you, Lord God, to know, Father God, your voice, Father God, to know, Lord God, when you tell us, Lord God, to do something, and when you tell us not to, Father God. Help us, Father God, as we we walk here on earth, Father God. Help us, Lord God, to be a, a light, Lord God, to the world. Help us, Father God. Give us strength, Father God. Give us wisdom, Father God. Give us protection, Father God. Bless our homes, Father God. Bless those, Lord God, who who will be listening to this, Father God. And and Lord God, we just pray, Father God, that, that you will minister to them as well. We love you, Father. We thank you once again for all things, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Guys, thank you so Love much you for, for joining us. And for those of you that are going to listen, we really hope from one couch to another, you guys have been extremely blessed by this conversation. Um, we wanted to share this as part of our anniversary. When's our anniversary? I gave you forever. August 16th. I, 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 I <laughs> gave you But we just want to say thank you guys for your time. We hope you've been encouraged. We hope you've been blessed. And this won't be the last time that you see us from one couch to another. We hope you enjoy and we love you all. Bye. See, see you. Bye bye.